Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! So I've done a lot of shows with doctors who became cancer survivors or nurses or anyone working in health as a medical professional getting sick and what it was like for them to be on the other side of the conversation. But rarely, (laughs) bizarre to say like, oh, how great it is to talk to someone else that had cancer. Let's find somebody who worked in advertising and marketing and healthcare on that side and then got sick and was like, oh, All of that stuff is terrible. Why was I doing that? Well, that's today's show with Kayanne Scheinman, the president of Curly Company. She was, you guessed it, an ad exec, a marketing person, a madman like me from the 1990s, early 2000s. Lots of throwback retro commercial jokes here. Prepare for it. But she had colon cancer recently, and now she's on the other side. And that's an incredible perspective to have. And I'm thrilled to have you hear what we talked about live in studio last week. Enjoy the show. Say something. Hello. It How works. are you? Oh, it works. Wonderful. It's so good when it works. That's what she said. <laughs> As the kids say, what is it? T W. What? Says. They abbreviate everything. Oh, now. they do now? Yes. Okay. I'm like, what was that? Wait, how old are your kids? Oh, 12. Mine are 12. Ah. We're bonding already. There you go. So boy, it, I'm a 12-year-old it, boy. Is it Shoneman, Shurnman? Shaneman. Shaneman. And Jews, we, I tell you. What's well, wrong with us? <laughs> well, so my husband is German, Pennsylvania Dutch, and what he told me when we started dating, he also happens to be fraternity brothers with our mutual friend. Farber. Um, what he Shout told, out to Mr. Matt Farber. Yes. What he told me when we started dating was Schoenemann means pretty boy in German. And despite that, I went on another date with him <laughs> and <laughs> married him. So. Wait, what's your maiden name? Panagi. I'm Greek. Wow. Yes. That's Banayi awesome. And New York originally. So, yeah. One of my best friends in high school. So I grew up on on Staten Island, which okay. is all Jewish and Italian, yep. like one Greek person who yep. became my really good friend. And her name is Elora Felicity Economos Nanos. There you go. Yep. Gesundheit. <laughs> yes. Now, uh, a lot of my family's on Long Island. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. If we weren't on Staten Island, we were on Long Island. Yep. So, yeah. so as the token Greek, I've learned a lot about her culture. There you go. It's fantastic. Food, a lot of food. <laughs> right. And, and Nierdalos. There you go. Is she really your spokesperson? Big fat Greek wedding, yeah. indeed. <laughs> yes. Fantastic. I don't get a lot of agency people on the show yes. who like speak the jargon language, but yes. I just love to make fun of bad advertising. Yes. 
But I can't help but not ask this obvious groaner question. Yeah. Does every kiss begin with K? <laughs> I've heard that my whole life. I can't imagine my name. that was not the first time you've heard that. No, not at all. In fact, I got my ears pierced at a K Jewelers when there I was go. a child. But my name is actually um, each of my grandmothers as Greek. You you know, you're named after families. There's really like three names and you recycle them all. So my name begins. One is K. The other is Anne. And every kiss does begin with K. <laughs> my name begins with K. You've answered my question. There you go. You've answered my question. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite ad campaign of all time? Because I have three. And mm -hmm. I don't mean like maybe it could be something really funny or disruptive or something that kind of changed advertising. Let's see. I tend to like the silly, funny beer and potato chip type commercials. Really? So, yes, um, that's the, you know, I like the Will Ferrell type comedy. Um, so, you know, my mind immediately went to more like purpose and cause, but if I'm true to myself, it's going to be something more based on like the comedy with the um, Clydesdales, but like the year that they had them passing gas or something, right, right, you right, know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> because I think there is so much seriousness in the world. And when you can be caught off guard and just laugh and there's, you know, all the research out there that like laughter is the best medicine and laughing does reduce stress and all of that. I love it when you can be caught off guard and like, you know, watching a commercial or an ad campaign and just laugh. So, or like not take yourself so seriously. So true. Yeah. I mean, as a madman loyalist, which I hope you are as yes, well. Yes, indeed. I mean, the coconut smile. Uh, yep. Yep. Teach the world to sing. I was thinking know, that. Yeah. That was just, you can't, maybe, maybe Apple tops yep. that. Yes. But there's no other. Nope. Like iconic experience. Iconic simplicity. Apple. I think that appeals to my like minimalist sensibilities. I like that. Um, yeah. So. There's a great book that uh, one of my mentors from my agency days yeah. gave me called Disrupt yeah. by Jean-Marie Drew, mm -hmm. who I think was the founder of like Chai Day in France. Okay. And he tells these stories of like what disruption really means in culture shifting advertising. Yes. But the one story that, and listeners, if you're still here, stick with me, <laughs> this is really important. How Charmin yes. disrupted the toilet paper industry by inventing yep. bathroom tissue yep. and yelling at women with misogyny in the grocery store. Mm. Interesting. And that don't squeeze the shaman was very like lay off my tits. Yeah. It was just so <laughs> subtly self-evident. Right. That was, I mean, if you go back to the brand books, that was the language they use in the brand books. Yeah. Be offended. Turn off the channel. Right. But that was what this was in the right. 80s. Well, it's like the, uh, one of the books that I received and, you know, in fact, in uh, high school learning on the persuasion and all of that was subliminal sub Seduction. That was exactly what that the was. Classic, when you look at the, let's say, the soda ads or the beer and you look at the bubbles and what's actually mm -hmm. subliminally in there, right? And, you know, so you mentioned Charmin. I think of, so when you can also think of nostalgic and what you're trying to conjure with that, think of the coffee commercials. Is it Maxwell House and, you know, coming home for the holidays We've and smelling We've secretly that. replaced Folgers yeah. crystals <laughs> with something else. <laughs> right? And so it's, it's what it, it, it is persuasion it's the storytelling it's the emotion but there's evoked. sonic branding too well so much of that now you turn on netflix you turn on youtube and it's yes. the auditory <laughs> branding and yeah. and you know people are like how do i turn that off and what is that 
for those of us in the world, we're in its auditory branding. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's not just a visual logo anymore. But I, So go to YouTube, listeners, and watch the old Charmin commercials from the 80s. And you see these women like brazenly squeezing the Charmin at chest level. <laughs> and this angry guy coming over and saying, don't squeeze the Charmin. <laughs> Interpret as you will, but those are the 80s. Right, right. And also, going back to nostalgia, this may be a New York thing, mm -hmm. but the Toys R Us time of year oh, commercials. Yeah. Yes. Are, and now I love that Toys R Us is like rebooted. Yes. Have you seen that? Jeffrey's I have, back? Yeah. yeah. But because I went and, and did see one, I think at least for the most part, they're like embedded in a Macy's. It's not the they are embedded same in a Macy's. as when you would go to the big warehouse yeah. and get the catalog and all of yeah. that. But still, at least there's a little window into what it used to be, right? So. So the reason I ask you these questions is because I had lived experience and then became an advertising guy. Right. You have been an advertising person and became a patient. Right. Well, talks to the story, right. but through the lens of a marketer. Right. This is fascinating, right? It, it it absolutely is. And and so my whole career, about 25 years or so, I've considered myself either a communicator or an advocate and really, you know, working with clients and creating their stories, amplifying their voices or being their voice in some case where they don't know how or what they want to say and really delivering the right message at the right time to the right people. And interestingly, for for a lot of us in the industry, we're the person behind the person, right? We yeah. like to, you know, build their stories, have them get the recognition and, and really push that forward. So late in my 30s, I wasn't feeling great. You know, that tends to happen in life. You're but getting you a little older. Oh, right. <laughs> so, you know, I'm going to the doctor, annual physical, having bad stomach pains, that sort of thing. And, and you know, being told, well, keep a food journal, go for a walk. You might have some food sensitivities. We're starting to get some bad stomach pains, like debilitating, worse than childbirth, you know, had a child and everything. And Wait, had you had a child by then? I had. So you know childbirth. I knew. Then. I was like, <laughs> well, it's worse than labor. And I have uncontrollable vomiting. And they're like, well, you know, go to the emergency room and we'll see. And, oh, it's norovirus. You probably ate something bad. What did you eat? Well, my whole family ate the whole thing. I mean, uh, the same thing. I'm the only one who's sick. It's like the movie Airplane. <laughs> did you have the fish? Right, right. <laughs> um, so over the course of the year, I probably had four emergency room visits, three or four physician visits. And not once was I referred to a specialist. Not once was I told to go see a doctor, get a colonoscopy. In June of 2017, I went to a physician again who said, you might be constipated, try laxative and go for a walk. So, okay, here we go again. And I did Sneaker that. Sneaker therapy. Right. Okay. And I start uncontrollable vomiting, get admitted to the emergency room again. Um, they couldn't help me, admitted to the hospital. Finally, a doctor says, we should do a colonoscopy. This is, you know, I'm looking at her record. A couple of days later, they finally do a colonoscopy. And they couldn't even do a colonoscopy because I had a full blockage, a full tumor. And Wait, wait, hang yeah. on. Did it make you happy, Lisa, to know it was something? Yes, but then, I don't know if you had this experience, I was a little bit. I was in disbelief because people joke, don't Google on the internet because every answer is it's cancer. Well, this time yeah. it was, right? And back to my point about being a communicator and an advocate and amplifying voices, I do that so often for my clients. And I remember that last time when I went to see a doctor, 
I, you know, sure, take a laxative, go for a walk. I was like, okay, because I have somewhere to be at 7.30 p.m. tonight. I'm moderating a panel. I have something else to do. I didn't advocate for myself. I didn't use my voice and say, this is BS. I've been to the hospital four or five times. I've seen a number of specialists, a number of doctors. I need to see a specialist and I need a colonoscopy. I just didn't. It was convenient. And it wasn't until it was to the brink where it was unavoidable, like a full stop, like, you know, that, that, you couldn't ignore it anymore. So uh, my career goes back to when the adolescent young adult narrative, the Gen X cancer of the early 2000s was right. a thing where we died more than everyone else because we got misdiagnosed yes. and not taken seriously. And But then again, cancer in our age bracket was nominal compared to kids right. by proportion and older people in Medicare. But it came down to what is age relevance in terms of being taken seriously by the medical right. profession. I mean, I was diagnosed in the 90s and mm-hmm. I wasn't taken seriously because I'm a pianist and my symptom was I couldn't play. Right. That's like, oh, that kid has a brain tumor. No, that doesn't really. Right. And I was given Robitussin at one point. So right. Just get over, get over therapy in the 90s. Right. Did you then, I, I, let me ask, so what was the spark? What was yeah. the spinach, the Popeye spinach you ate that put you into beast mode? It, you know, I was angry. I was but really angry at myself that, again, I didn't give myself the same kind of treatment that I do clients and 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 those that I advocate for. Why can't I, why didn't I do that for myself? And why didn't I arm myself with the knowledge that I needed to know to, to, to say, this is what I need. I'm not feeling, I'm not listening to my own body and I'm not finding the right team of doctors to help me, right? And so I, I have no family history. I had no idea what colon cancer was. So I was at that point then diagnosed on my exact 40th birthday. I remember sitting in the doctor's office. I was released from the hospital, went back a few days later, waiting, 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 got a stage three diagnosis, eight, a lot of lymph nodes impacted and and told that chemo would be the best path forward. I did a ton of research. I got a button, a second, third, fourth, fifth opinions. And they all said the same thing, chemo, and this is the path is the best way forward for the best outcomes. And so I just kept researching, talking. And what I did was I talked to people that did know about cancer. I talked to- Wait, How um, did you find them? I found them by thinking back. I, I It's like aperture. I changed my lens. I thought of people like Matt Farber, who I know that has done tons of work his whole career in oncology. I talked to um, people that I knew that became physicians that I trusted, that I went to school with Wait, for years and, and said, who tell you, do you about know? me? Yeah. <laughs> I got a little talk with Matt Farber. Right. And um, I talked to friends who weren't, let's say, oncologists or gastros, but I trusted that they would refer me to the ones that they knew were the best. And then again, I would start to hear the same patterns of names come up. And then I come hell or high water, I was getting in to see those doctors, no matter what the waiting list was. And I received, you know, I ended up choosing Inova Health System. I ended up choosing Dr. Tim Cannon and I received the best care. I did six months of chemo and was no evidence of disease in January, 2018. I worked. We don't have a bell to ring, but let, Kyle, make a bell yeah, ring. Yeah, unfortunately, they didn't at the time either. They rebuilt and have this whole beautiful center now, but they didn't have a bell at that time. Yeah, we so. need more bells. We Those do. are good bells. Though. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Well, that's good news. Yeah. We like happy endings. We do. There are we not do. many happy endings by comparison. There aren't because, you know, what I reflect on often is that, and it did, you know, for many, COVID and the pandemic changed their life and made them reflect. For me, that happened several years before. 
before with this diagnosis, mm-hmm. right? And it didn't lead to wholesale shift. And But what it did was it deepened my focus on being a communicator, being an advocate, and really um, pivoted more towards the clients and the causes that I care about and have an impact, right? So I I had an amazing decade at a large PR agency, ran the Washington office. Catch them. Um, yeah. I noticed you were like a catch them junkie. You yeah. were there, then you weren't, then you were there, then you weren't, then you were there. It's on, you know, the great thing is, you know, I'm not the only one. We They had what you call boomerang, like you leave, you come back. And, yeah. and the great thing about spending a decade at a big agency is that you reinvent. It's almost like you have half a dozen jobs in that time yeah. because you can be creative and move different, you know, P&Ls at the time and roles. And so it was great. I worked throughout chemo and I wouldn't have been able to do that without brilliant support of that team and my mentor, Jerry Olchesky, who I still stay in touch with. He's retired. And and I often joke with him, you cured cancer. Of course, you've got to retire, right? Right. Because my cycles were two weeks of chemo. And so you're down a few days, but then what are you going to do the other nine days? Sit around and wonder if it's working. (laughs) Well, let me tell you, advocacy works when no one knows it's working. And I will tell you, based on what you just said to me, I recall serious fighting in terms of advocacy in the late 90s and early 2000s on HR reasonable yes. accommodation. Yes. No one gave a shit that you had cancer back in those days and they'd fire you because right. you were unproductive, but not because you had cancer. Right. And today it is just so gratifying that more often than not, the accommodations are there. The yes. empathy is there. And especially like post-pandemic, we now yes. know you can be productive, not physically in the office, yep. which in a sense of where you need accommodations, you're already accommodated. So true. And I was so grateful that they were flexible and worked with me and that my team did. And the office, my team grew. And it's a testament to just that mindset. And you know, we're seeing now several agencies, in fact, running campaigns, HR campaigns on helping those out with cancer and being flexible and all of that. Unfortunately, it is more prevalent and people are talking about it more. And, you know, the employer is meeting them in a different place. So, yeah. So we're going to take a quick break from these fine words from Charmin. Maybe, I don't know, the ad's going to (laughs) run. We'll be back in a second. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch. Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. 
CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And we're back. I have to share with you a horror story brand pitch when I was at a smaller agency yes. in, the early, in, in the early 2000s for when BMW Mini was coming to the States. Uh-huh. And I wanna hear your version of this because I wanna compare it to how healthcare marketing yes. is just total shit, yeah. but we had w- good intentions with, mm-hmm. what I'm, I'm, with what I'm about to share with you. So the idea was to hire the actress Mini Driver mm-hmm. to be a mini driver. Oh, okay. And at first glance, it sounded fantastic. Right. Until her publicist said, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and we lost the business because of that. Wow. But just the tongue-in-cheek idea of the actress Mini Driver driving a Mini, I thought was creative. We, we were we were so excited that this could work. We mocked up her photos without their permission right. in front of cars. We, right. were, we, we bought the, the flat mini, you know, like cardboard cutouts of her and right. did shots again. Anyway, do a version of that, like a like a cringeworthy, awesome campaign. So I won't share the organization. However, there- It's not Charmin, is it? No. <laughs> there was an organization that wanted to draw attention to maternal health and, you know, women outcome and care and all of that. And the brilliant doctor that was head of this service line was really pushing this idea that on Labor Day, get a bunch of women who are pregnant to do a, um, what's that called when you like? um, Like a flash mob or something? Yes, a flash mob. My brain works every now and then. (laughs) To like draw attention in like a high traffic area and that would make the news and then draw attention where you can then share information about maternal health. And it was so well intentioned, but yet so much liability of having all these pregnant women and out in a parking lot and Labor Day and just like, yeah. no, you are so brilliant. Stick to um, medical care, clinical. <laughs> it's like reminding you of the, uh, what was the, the Seinfeld routine? Who the ad was it? The, yes, they came <laughs> up with this. Yes. <laughs> so you entered the world of healthcare marketing yes. as a client. Yes. And not as a provocateur of delivery. Exactly. Of yeah. Did you find it to be as horrible as we know it is? Or or was there even some remote level of empathetic sentiment that you took from it? I'm I'm the latter, empathetic, because you pull a string and you find just all the barriers, right? And you're just trying to be a solution seeker and find the ways around the barriers, right? So for me, what I started to focus on is, at least for colon cancer, it is a preventable cancer. And if you get screened, and that's what I was so angry about, if I got screened, if I got screened sooner, if I, you know, this could have been prevented. Um, So how can we prevent this for others? But then you start to go to 
yeah, people know that and it's facts, but people don't want to do it. <laughs> well, you don't want to know what you don't want to know. You don't. And then on top of that. But is that fair? It, no. Right. Would one presume that if the sky hasn't yet fallen on somebody, they can't wait to have it fall on them so they don't want to do something? You just to don't think it it's going you? to be you. Right. And you just you think, oh, well, I don't feel right or you may not have symptoms. Right. Mm -hmm. And then when you start to look at, you know, so you mentioned all my different roles at Ketchum. One of them was, you know, research and analytics. So I love doing that. Right. So you start to look at the data and you start to see that the health outcomes for women, for people of color are just worse. Right. So that's a number of different reasons. Right. So how they're received and how they're going through the delivery of care and whether they're receiving care, trust with providers, all of that. So the empathy is there because there's no, I wish there was one magic solution, right? Just get the information to people. It, it's not that simple, you know? I mean, I look at all the stunts and tricks that have been done for this country on don't get colon cancer or try. Yes. There's no real prevention. Like anyone can get right. shit. Like it's just going to happen no matter what you do. Yeah. But is it possible to try? and not get something. Right. And we look at like even Gardasil yeah. for cervical cancer and yeah. oral cancer. You can literally never get this and still people don't want right. to do it. So right. we work with a finite level of just understanding of human behavior. Right. And there are no absolutes. Exactly. But the you were 40 when yeah. you were diagnosed, which actually is the age where you can first get either a Cologuard test or a, or a screening. So you were kind of oddly... It's 45 even. It's <laughs> yeah. 45. So I still wouldn't have been. Right. And that just got lowered yeah. thanks to the advocacy of tons of different groups right. like the our, another mutual friend of ours, the Colorectal Cancer Alliance, Michael Sapienza yep. and others. And they're working tirelessly day yeah. and night. And I, again, like that's where the empathy is, because if it was due to working smarter or hard work or raising funds or research, this would be over. It's but the not. empathy, in my opinion genuinely only comes from the nonprofit communities. Yes. You just don't get that from commercial marketing. Right. I think it's because they can't right. have any humanity to what they're putting out there. True. Which is anathema to actually helping people. True. Ergo cogito zoom. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. And that bothers me. Do you have more of a like a spidey sense of bad marketing, bad advertising now in healthcare? I, this is one of the part of when I talked about what I went through made me go deeper into the beliefs and what I wanted to do. I, I knew I still wanted to be a communicator and advocate, but I couldn't figure out how I wanted to do that. And that's how I ended up pivoting and partnering with Jennifer Curley and Curley Company, a boutique firm. I thought I was going to go into healthcare and go work at the health system that saved my life, uh, Nova Health System, which is a client of mine now. And Or I thought I was going to go work at a different firm and maybe specialize in purpose and cause marketing. But what I, I really wanted to do was be able to choose my clients and causes and the people that I work with day in and day out. So I share that because I've in many ways created this bubble for myself where I'm focused on the types of clients and causes and marketing that I'm proud of and that I, I feel, you know, are rewarding and reaching the right people. And where I get frustrated is like, what more can we do or how can we do it better? And I'm not, I'm not having to struggle with the pregnant flash moms. Yeah. <laughs> Labor and trying labor. to let's talk about the pros and cons like that's not my world anymore <laughs> I, one of my presentations when i do paid talks is i have an entire bunch of slides making fun of pharma ads yes and 
but I'll show you. Yeah. This is radio. No one's going to see right. what I'm going to show you, but I'll show you them after the show. But one of them is like there's a bathtub on a beach. Oh. And it says, this is a bathtub on a beach. It does not help me manage my moderate to severe something, something. Mm. <laughs> right. And the, all the talking at the end, if this causes dizziness. Da, 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 yeah, like, all, the, all the quick fine lawyer to, talk by at regulatory. the end. regulatory, yeah. right. So, right. yeah. Well, so I was looking at some of your portfolio companies yes. under your agency, and they're all wonderfully cause-driven. Yes. Although it seems like you're the queen bee of acronyms. Yes, and if this is a me, Washington thing, yes. If you'll permit me to uh, read some of these, N-N-E-D-V, the National Network to End Domestic Violence. Yes. Really awesome name. Yes. Yes. Not really awesome. Yes. The Foundation for Advancing Alcohol Responsibility. Yes. Great. Far. yes. Yes. The Center for Democracy and Technology. Yes. Great. CDT sounds like a catalog you buy hard drives from. Yes, this is the Washington alphabet yes. soup. <laughs> and then there's the Consumer Data Industry Association, mm-hmm. which I think is just super cool, but that's Kadia, which could be a drug. Credit bureaus, yeah. Yeah, I have moderate to severe Kadia. Yes, yes. This is very purpose-driven, and it's very mm-hmm. evident and clear, but does the word beltway get a bad rap now? I, I, It depends on, on who's saying it, right? right? I think in general, I... I do think it tends to skew negative. You know, it's called swamp for a reason, not mm-hmm. necessarily the climate and the yeah. weather, right? But again, depending on the aperture, there's a lot of good work being done. If if you know if we could get out of our own way, some of us, right? There's a lot of great intentions, and intentions don't solve problems. It's the impact, right? right. So, um, how can we have a greater impact? How can we do more? I think the the biggest thing that's been discouraging as of late is just this anticipated recession, I think. And what some organizations are doing and holding back with for nonprofits and for causes and things that they had invested in in the past. Through no evidence thus far of impact on their overall business, but just the anticipation of it, which one might argue makes them a responsible business owner, but on the same you know, on the other side is causing real. Well, I mean, you know. by the time this episode drops, it could be Mad Max. True. We never know, right? True. Exactly. Lots of sand dunes. Exactly. Right. And so I think playing that political football with issues and causes that should be core because it mattered, not just because it's the right thing to do, but because it's, it's, it's important to do. It's, um, it's, it's, business-wise, it should be core and invested in and not um, something that the pendulum swings on and and making it as much of a priority as some of the other core elements of your organization. I think that's that's how we could level up on impact and purpose and that sort of thing. So what what's the gist of your services to these companies? Yeah. Like, and and how does how does your lived experience now inform that? Yeah. So what we do best and what we do for most of our clients is the fully integrated strategic comms. So creating a narrative and messages for them um, and then building this integrated communications program. So how are we going to deploy it? So who do they want to reach and then how are we going to reach them, right? So 
earned is always at the core. So which media are we earning and pitching and getting the messages out to digital is core for us too. We have a great integrated digital team and lead there too. And then we're doing a ton of paid and advertising, right? But being based in Washington, not just to consumers, which we do, but a lot of issue advocacy. So we're running a ton of campaigns in state capitals and Washington and reaching policymakers with ads. Mm-hmm. Um, does it work? Them. It does. And, you know, what I'll tell you is that the platforms, Facebook, LinkedIn, all of that, they're constantly changing how you can reach them, how you can target them. But having, you know, those experts on your team that know how to work that too is invaluable because especially during the pandemic when you couldn't meet in person to influence and you were reliant on doing that online, it is the way that, you know, we were still able to reach and communicate and it, it, it works. And I'll tell you when you read these stories about how advertising is being cut and budgets are being cut and I'll talk to folks on my team because I'm not seeing it. It's like, and consumer, not on policy. (laughs) Well, I mean, we we look at all the what were the Dan Brown books with Tom yeah. Hanks? What were those called? The um, Da Vinci Code, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Like we thought those cryptexes and the, the 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 hunt for all these things was complicated enough, right? Like times that by a billion, and that's navigating today's digital health right. advertising ecosystem. Exactly, and reaching the right, you know, so. January and in Washington, new Congress and high turnover, right? And so you've got to reach oh, that's all right, these the whole new... election thing. Yes, <laughs> right? So you have a whole new cast of characters to introduce yourself to and your issues and educate them and create a perception and and then committees and, and, and everything. And so being able to target them and deliver those messages and not just a static ad or something, but like really cool videos, animated, some of those best practices where, you know, the nobody's watching and listening to it, like subtitles and right. short and brief and like, you know, snackable, all of that is just, you, you know, how, how do you do that and how do you make sure it's seen, you know? So you triggered something because I I'm gonna anecdotally refer to something my daughter showed me. Yeah. Our my one our twelve year olds. Yeah. Right, right? Yeah. And that uh, something like subtitles are back for everyone now for some reason. Oh yeah. Have we just lost all attention? Yes. Okay. As someone That's with a short answer. attention span. <laughs> and next question, right? Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, you might be, we're scrollers now. Everybody's scrolling, right? Uh-huh. And what's going to catch and keep my attention? Do I want to turn up the volume and have everybody listening to it? No, I can watch it. The subtitles, the closed caption, all of that mm-hmm. is court to have, let's say, a video and put some paid behind it and target you don't have subtitles, forget it, you right. know? And that wouldn't even be something you'd think about a few years ago, you know? Ever mess with the Instagram algorithm on purpose? I'm not great at Instagram, so I'm not sure that I'm messing with it or if it's messing with me. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm in the market for like new boots. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 So yeah. all okay. I did was like I find a saying. boot ad, click yes. on one boot ad, and like I saw like 40 other boot companies. I'm yes. not going to do comparative pricing. Thank you, yes. Instagram, for talking Indeed. to me. I'll tell you, it is scary. It's spot on for me. And to the point that I screen grab it and share it with people. And I'm like, where's the lie? I'm buying it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I, I love it. And then there's times that things pop up. And I'm like, I feel attacked, but again, it's spot on. (laughs) It's like, yes, maybe I do need a moisturizer. (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's wrap up with a great uh, advocacy story, paying it forward, which is like, you want to make it suck less for the next you. Yes. 
I was reading that your employer benefits packages guarantee yes. screening coverage. And yeah. I would only assume that's manifested out of your experience. Yes. Yes. We so Jennifer and I are big on just making sure that, you know, we're taking care of our team. They're taking care of our clients and we want them to be well, right? And so we redid our employee handbook, our benefits. We, uh, we've she always had unlimited PTO, but we've added things like uh, mental health days, not just that you take them, but we bookend, um, you know, summer Fridays. We do a wellness credit, at least $200 every quarter on whatever's wellness for you, whether it's a babysitter, house cleaning, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Um, our healthcare that we offer, um, summer Fridays, all of these types of things, because what we know, you know, we cover mental health, behavioral health, call map, any of those things and resources that you need. And the other great thing is that there's no bureaucracy. If you have a great idea or suggestion, or we don't offer something and we're not aware of it and you bring it to our attention, oh, wow, we get to decide so we can update and offer it, right? And so it's really gratifying to be able to do that and then see the real impact. The biggest thing that we did this year that was a change is that we – we offered parental leave. We built a policy, you know, in the 20 years of Curly Company, didn't have anyone that was had a child while working at, at Curly. And we built a policy that was above and beyond what a small firm has to provide. We wanted to compete with, again, what big agencies and big companies are doing. So we offer parental leave and, you know, for moms, dads, adopting, everything, right? Well, this year we have three people on parental leave at the same time. And I'll tell you. Wait, would they have gotten pregnant if you didn't have the policy? I I mean, you'd have to ask them. (laughs) But I'll tell you, it it has been so gratifying to see the Curly team expand in that way. And while it has been tough in the coverage of leave and, you know, hiring and replacing and supplementing and all of that, it's the right thing to do. And it is amazing when the, you know, partner or somebody can come in and say, like, we've had a such a great family base and starting because so-and-so was able to be home and do this and I'm able to go back to work and he's able to be home now and tag team. And we don't have to do that. We want to do that because we know the impact, right? And so any of these things, whether it's the screening from experience, it's the um, lived experience of, you know, being a parent and what would we have wanted in that position or the anticipation of that is, again, what's important. Well, it's been a pleasure Having you on the show. Likewise. I don't really often get to channel Mad Men and Toys R Us and Charmin and Apple and Mini Driver. (laughs) Yes. And now I'll have to dig up that subliminal seduction book. It's excellent. Yeah. Good stuff. Kayanne Scheinman. Shaneman. Kayanne Shaneman, president (laughs) of Curly Company. I also read it's your one-year promotion anniversary coming up, so congratulations on that. Yes, that's right. I do digging. I do my digging. Yes, you do. And colon cancer advocate, warrior, survivor. You're awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Matthew. Out of Patience with Matthew Zachary is an off-script health production. The executive producers are Matthew Zachary and Andrew McDowell. It's mixed and edited by Kyle Moore. If you like the show, ratings and reviews are always welcome. Leave us a message anytime at 855-AUDIO-66. That's 855-AUDIO-66 to share your healthcare shitness with us. And we might just play them on the air on a future episode. 
For more information about this show and Offscript Health, visit offscript.com. That's offscript, no T, dot com.